Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This episode of Barbecue and Tech, a special episode preparing ourselves for Thanksgiving. I'm your host, Rod Simmons, joined by my co-host, Master Chef, partner in crime, the guy who knows everything about cooking. Yeah, I'm going to talk you up a little bit because we're going to find out what you really know. Chris Ashley, what's up, man? What up, what up, what up? You're like, don't call me a master chef. There are master chefs out there. (laughs) It's not like if if it's a made-up term, I'd be like, okay, yeah, that's cool. That's a cool term. (laughs) (laughs) We've all had it like in your job where they're like, uh, they invite you to a call with somebody and they're like, Chris is here. He's our expert. And you're like, God, could you just set me up for failure? Because here's the thing. All they need to do is ask one question, literally one question I can't answer. And I'm no longer the expert. I am just the guy who is, uh, who you had come on and, uh, talk, uh, nothing, uh, nothing more, nothing less. So, uh, that's what I was doing for you. I was lining you up to be, uh, you set me up awesome. for failure. That's Hell awesome. Yeah, man. That's what you <laughs> Knowing a person that long, you'd, you'd never, here's the thing. I pray for your success, even though I set you up to fail. Cause that just shows how good you really are. If you can oh, rise God. above it. Yeah. And if not, you get to giggle and be like <laughs> you failed. Ha <laughs> ha. So we are, and typically, historically, you've, you, we've had a close friend that you normally do Thanksgiving with. I've been able to sneak my Thanksgivings in with you generally over the years. Last year, we, yeah, last year we uh, did Thanksgiving together. No. No. It was, uh, it was the year before. No, last year we were separate. It was the year before that. Yeah. So this year I figured you're not going to invite me. So I might as well go ahead and invite you. Get, a, get, a, get ahead on the occasion. And I invited you over, you and your family over for Thanksgiving. And I accepted. But you're selfish because you didn't want to smoke the turkey. You didn't invite me because you want to see me. <laughs> I, I don't. And honestly, I don't mind uh, throwing at least one, if not two turkeys on. But I also know that. Um, oh, so I should warn you. Um, you had asked who else is coming because my sister's coming down with her family. You said, is anybody else coming for Thanksgiving? And I was like, no, it's just us. And I was like, oh, that's right. My cousin and her daughter's coming. Yeah. But so, that's the way so uh, wait, 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 I'm not done yet. <laughs> so Karen invited uh, our friend Jody, you know, Jody and her family. It's I, over. Over. I'm, I'm waiting to hear if they're coming, but that would be six more mouths to feed. Uh, and I, and it was funny because my wife's like, you know, you're going to have enough food. It doesn't matter if they come. I was like, I was like, for Chris, it's not enough food. It's enough leftovers. And let me be very clear. If we are done Thanksgiving day and he doesn't have leftovers, 
He's not going to be in a happy place. So I'm giving you the prefix that there might be six additional mouths that we need to feed for Thanksgiving. Right. So let's well, – we're definitely going to talk about smoking the turkeys, but let's talk through our menu. Like what, yeah, are, so, what are we really going to have? So let me set this up a little bit. So we timed – we tried to time the episodes that we were doing so we could lead up to talking about turkey uh, in right before Thanksgiving. But Rod and I got on a roll with recording these episodes and we over recorded. <laughs> and so we had to do a special episode because we felt it was important. It's a big topic, uh, smoking turkey for Thanksgiving. And, um, you know, so we wanted to make sure we created an episode and put it out there because my goodness, the support that we are seeing on Twitter and on every, uh, uh, in our store, uh, it has been just, overwhelming and awesome and we can't thank you enough so if you're interested in getting the official barbecue and tech cutting board they are absolutely gorgeous they're made from maple and walnut and the design on them is just second to none and if you're interested head over to the uh, barbecue and tech.com forward slash store and you can see it there. Also, the uh, barbecue and tech ashtray, because certainly after you have a nice meal and for those of us that like to enjoy a cigar, why not sit out on the patio or the porch and just enjoy a nice cigar? And both of that is also made from uh, maple and uh, walnut. So they're there to match. We also have T-shirts and and uh, other stuff on there with some new items coming soon. So anybody that wants to support your show, go to barbecueandtech.com forward slash store. Bunch of stuff there you can get. We also have a Patreon set up, patreon.com forward slash barbecue and tech. Thank you, all the folks that are supporting us. You're making this a lot easier for us to put out there. And then, of course, tweet out the show uh, on your Facebook, on Twitter. Let's build up a nice community so we can trade barbs, trade ideas, and uh, trade secrets as well. So with that, we thought you guys might be interested to hear our planning of, uh, of uh, our Thanksgiving dinner uh, that we're going to do. And then we'll talk specifically more about smoking a turkey in general. But, uh, you know, we want to add like a new segment on our shows where we just take a few minutes out to give new people a couple of tips on uh, getting started. And so I wanted to take a few minutes to, to point out a couple of tips when it comes to smoking a turkey. And we'll, we'll actually mix in fried turkeys because I've done quite a bit of fried turkeys as well. And I, you know, to me, that's just as good method to do your turkey uh, for Thanksgiving. So first and foremost, make sure you understand if this turkey is super frozen, even though they say it's fresh. Man, they keep those things so cold that a lot of times they might as well be frozen. You, you, you experienced that too, Rod? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Freshly so, frozen. Yeah, so for me, I always plan backwards. So I say Thanksgiving is Thursday. The turkey has to be cooked on Thursday. If I give it 24 hours to thaw, 24 to 48 hours to thaw, I'm buying my turkey on Saturday. Now, if I'm frying a turkey, I'm definitely buying my turkey on Saturday, 100%. And then if I am smoking it, I can get away with purchasing on Sunday. And I, I tend to shoot for like the organic ones because they they tend to not be frozen at all. But I don't mind getting a Butterball or, you know, any other of the other popular brands because, you know, to me, they they work great. 
uh, as well. So that's tip number one is pay attention uh, to the turkey you're getting and make sure that you're giving yourself enough time to allow that thing to thaw out. I think part of it is it's um, work backwards. So I think we all do it. It's if you know you want the turkey to be done on Thanksgiving Day by, let's say, three o'clock or uh, two thirty, three o'clock, then you have a certain time you want to put it in. And if you then kind of keep backing yourself up saying, all right, well, if I'm going to brine it, I want it to be out of the brine and drain by this time. You back yourself up 20 because you want to season it before you uh, and let the seasoning sit for 24 hours. You're then back up another 24 hours and then you keep walking yourself back until you get to that date. And I think for you, it's just historically you've seen Saturday is the right day for you to go and, uh, and yeah. get that turkey. And so and, and so you just mentioned tip number two. I firmly believe that you should brine your turkey but the tip is your brine does not have to be crazy (laughs) okay sure you know there are some people that make these brines that add a million things to the brine and that's fine but if you're starting out man i'm telling you just go with a simple brine so what is a brine it's essentially just a salt water mix that allows osmosis you know the pulling of that water and that salt into the turkey so that you can get more juices into the turkey. Now, be careful because sometimes you buy a turkey and it's pre-brined. And then when you brine it again, it becomes a bit too salty for my liking. So just pay attention to your turkey that it's not already brined. Okay. Now, if it's not, simple brine recipe. Cup of brown sugar. Cup of kosher salt. (laughs) Do not make the mistake of using iodized salt. It will destroy your turkey. Kosher, coarse, kosher salt. Yeah, there's there's no substituting. That's the key thing is there is there is no substituting here. In fact, anytime you put salt on your ribs or your brisket or whatever, use kosher salt. Don't even you bother using the the regular table salt, that iodized salt. It, it, it's not the same. Okay. So cup of brown sugar, cup of kosher salt, gallon of water. And obviously you can take that. And if you need more, you make more, you need less. I mean, just start with that. And then if you need more, just make another batch so that your turkey can be fully submerged in the brine. That is a simple brine. Now, if you want to add stuff to it, like you want to throw some thyme in, maybe some oranges or, you know, some other seasonings that you like, by all means, drop it in the water, you know. But if you're just starting out, man, just keep it simple. Use that simple brine. And then if you're looking for something to brine it in, very easily you can run to Lowe's. Uh, they sell the they actually sell buckets there that are food grade safe. Yeah. And they tend to only be there during this time of, at least for, for when I've looked, they've, they've tend to be only there this time of year. You can always do like a, um, like a, uh, a meat brining bag if you want with a smaller thing so that, you know, you another option. Yep. It's but, definitely uh, an the, option. I find a bucket to be super easy, but I'm lucky. I have two refrigerators. So I usually take out the middle shelf in my refrigerator. I put the brine in the bucket. I just, Drop the turkey in there, cover it up. The cover actually spins tight, so it actually turns. 
And then I just slide it in the refrigerator. It fits perfectly. Another option, if you don't have access to that, is a storage container, like a tote. You can get one that is usually about, I think it was 15 gallons. The one I got is a rectangular shape. So it actually fits a lot of refrigerators a lot better. You know, obviously wash it out, clean it. But I've used those for years and it works great. Has a nice lid on it. Slide it in the refrigerator. Good to go. So I just wanted to point out two big tips that can immediately improve your turkey production. So when when you're choosing your turkey size, because I think that's always the debate. Like I'm telling you that we're six in our family. You got four over at your household. We got another six. So that immediately puts us at 16 plus two more. That's 18. So we're talking around 18 people will mm-hmm. uh, be here for Thanksgiving. Um, yeah. And I know you like leftovers. So are you going with a 25 pound bird? Like where do you like to live with your bird sizes? Okay. Tip number three. Great question. (laughs) And my final tip, you do not need to grab the biggest turkey on earth for Thanksgiving. You know, I see posts all the time. Oh, my 26 pound bird, my 30 pound bird, blah, blah. For what? (laughs) For what? Yes, it's awesome. You know, it looks impressive. My mantra is always been, I'd rather smoke two smaller turkeys. I'd rather fry two smaller turkeys than cook one giant one. One mistake with that giant turkey, your dinner's ruined. It's ruined. And I'll never forget, I'm not a huge fan of the work potlucks. Why? Because I don't trust everybody's cooking. It's just how I was raised. However, I participated in a few. And I'll never forget the time that somebody volunteered to fry a turkey. You know, I, I I can't remember what I made that that day, but oh my goodness, they brought the fryer to the job, took it out to the parking lot, filled it with oil, dropped the turkey in, fried it, brought it in. A lot of people were interested. I was like, Mm-mm-mm. I just had a feeling. Sure enough, they cut the turkey completely raw in the middle. Two mistakes. One, there was a giant turkey. Two, he did not account for how cold it was. So it definitely didn't cook all the way through. Yeah, the fryer was having a hard time maintaining the heat. So yeah. yeah. And three, the turkey was was too cold, right? Because it never, you know, he didn't buy it early enough. He thought he could just go buy grab grab a huge turkey, drop it in a fryer, and away you go. And that's not how it goes. Okay. I I don't think I have to tell people about, you know, the you know, blowing up their house or burning down their house. You know, obviously if you brine your turkey and you're gonna fry your turkey, give yourself an extra twenty four hours for that water to drain out of the turkey. Because that's the thing that causes the most trouble is when you stick in that wet turkey into your fryer. That's what so I always give it an extra twenty four hours. So just a little bonus tip there. But those I think those three tips for people frying turkeys and even just purchasing a turkey. Man, just buy two turkeys. It is not that much more difficult to. It's it's fault tolerance, right? You know, think if you think about the tech side of it, it, you you don't think about saying, well, if I have two turkeys and one doesn't go as well as I want, or one is, or it's taking a little longer to cook one, I might have one that I can pull off and you might take one off and that's the one that's like the centerpiece for the table so that everybody can see, like, take the pictures of the beautiful turkey while the other one, you're just carving it up. And then when it's time to eat. 
Yeah. Well, no, when it's time to eat, you take the carved one, put it on the table and the other one just comes off and it's like, I, not everybody wants a lot of leftovers like you, <laughs> but no, the, but the, um, the, yeah, you know, ahead. I agree with you hundred percent. What you're saying, I'm saying you can also use it for leftovers, right? It's yes. like if for people like me that like to have a lot of leftovers, like my other buddy that we, you know, that I do Thanksgiving with, um, we purposely fry or smoke extra turkeys just for leftovers because we know the the turkey that's for dinner is not going to make it. Yeah. Now, um, wrap your wings or not? Do you wrap your wings when you're cooking? Once I don't. They hit, okay, so you don't wait till they hit that perfect color and say, "All right, time to wrap the wing." The wings to save them. No, I don't. I don't. I I think because uh, doing it on the smoker, low and slow, um, frying them, they cook so quickly. Uh, yeah. They cook so quickly in a fryer, and then smoking them, they just cook relatively pretty even. It's just never come out where it's like. Oh my God, that thing is all burnt up and useless. So I got to get rid of it. You know what I mean? I'm not against it. It's just not something that I do. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's more of a color thing. And if you can wrap wings when you put it in a fryer, you let me know. Cause I really want to witness that one. Yeah, um, all right. So what are we, what are we making this year? All right. What's on, so what's let's start, let's start with the basics of what we always do and then we'll go from there. Right. So obviously, how, first off, we need to figure out how many turkeys we're going to do. So I'm thinking at least two 15 pounders. Yeah. And we're going to also have ham. So that's a given. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're definitely rocking with the honey bake. So at least, so definitely two turkeys. Light work for my smoker. No big deal. And then, uh, uh, hey, hey, we're going to have a ham. Uh, so that's fine. Are we going to do any other meats? I usually do a third meat. We can. What would you like to do? What would you like your third meat to be? Generally, I do a uh, a pork tenderloin, um, grilled a grilled pork tenderloin. I don't and because um, I like that orange. That you made it one year where you did the pork tenderloin with the yep. orange sauce. Oh yeah, and uh, I, I've been replicating. Like I didn't even take the recipe. Didn't ask for the recipe. I literally just recreated it myself, and I've been doing it ever since. And uh, so I used to do you that as a. Wait a second! You stole one of my one of my I, fun meals, and yep. didn't even have the audacity to say, "Hey, I replicated your meal." Well, you had a recipe, so I figured, what's the difference? You know what I mean? It's like it's not like I asked you the recipe and then I'm like using it. I didn't even ask for the recipe. I just said I can make that, and I, I figured out my own version of it, and everybody loves it. So it's been it's been working well. You know why they like it so much? Why? Because they haven't tasted mine. <laughs> but yeah, uh, a tenderloin, that sounds it sounds like a perfect idea. It's I think if we went we could, with brisket or something like that, it would be just too heavy. But I think uh, yeah, a nice no need to do pork brisket. tenderloin, and perfect we idea could, for us to do. We now, could do you want to just grill that or do you actually want to smoke it? No, nah, I just grill it. All right, perfect. Just, and then um, I just brine it, take it out of the brine and grill it directly. Yep. That's fine. And then and then cut it up and put the sauce on top. Yeah, and so, you know what I I will do is um I will since uh I'm sure some people are like, "Oh, what's this pork tenderloin recipe?" I will I will put a link in the show notes to the one that I specifically use cuz I just the the glaze they put on it is yeah. fantastic and I think if anybody wants to try that out, um I, I think it's a great recipe. So I'm going to grab this the notes for the link for that. So I do not forget to put that in the show notes. Okay, and then normally, you know, and if we don't do that, we could do a beef, but we both know we're doing a uh, a, uh 
bone in rib roast for Christmas. Yes. So I'm good skipping beef this year. Um, you uh, for Thanksgiving. So I think we do the ham, two turkeys, and the pork tenderloin. That's probably plenty of meats right there. Yep. So let's. I agree. All right. So let's get into the sides. Staple. Let's let's talk about the staples first. Macaroni and cheese. Now, you want to make it, or do you want Emily to make it? Like what? What are your where are your I, kids I at with mac and cheese? We can let her make it. I, I don't because I know that's her thing. She likes making macaroni and cheese. I like mac and cheese. I know hers is tends to be very cheesy and creamy, um, which is tends to be what kids like. Um, I mine is a little slightly different, but let's go with her mac and cheese. That's fine. All right, fair enough. I I didn't even ask her, but normally I'm like, do you want to make your macaroni and cheese? And she says yes, and she's done. She's done a great job. You know, when she made it the first time, because everybody in her family used to rave about it. And I said, I was like, this is pretty good, but we can definitely make it better. (laughs) And uh, she was very humble in that. And she listened to my suggestions and stuff like that. And uh, now I think her macaroni and cheese is absolutely stellar. You know, I think she makes it. It's really, really good. So. So, yeah. So we'll go with that. Next staple of Thanksgiving for both of us. Hash brown casserole. Absolutely. Amen. Do you want to explain a little bit what hash brown casserole is? Because I, I, I imagine it's not something that everyone makes. Yeah. I stumbled across this a few Thanksgivings, probably 10 Thanksgivings ago. <laughs> My buddy's wife made it. And uh, essentially, it's just crumbled up hash browns baked in the oven with a bunch of uh, like uh, cream sauces, like cream of celery, cream of potato, stuff like that. And uh, I think, uh, what's the restaurant? Cracker Barrel. They oh, actually, I didn't know that. They have that? Oh, yeah. They have it as a side. Oh, um, interesting. They don't cut it into squares. It's kind of just like scooped out. But uh, if you have a Cracker Barrel in your area, they, they actually have a pretty decent uh, hash brown casserole for those that have never had it. But it's so good that you can have it as a side during Thanksgiving or... You can literally just have it for breakfast. It's just that good. <laughs> and uh, over the years, I've obviously finessed that recipe a bit, you know, adding in all kinds of things to it. And now it's just become a staple of things to the point where I usually have to make it for my Thanksgiving. Then I end up making a couple of trays like I make Rod a tray for his Thanksgiving. I made my uh, sister-in-law a tray for their Thanksgiving. Um, so I make extra trays. And also when you talk about how many trays? So is it two trays of macaroni and cheese or one? Definitely probably going to be two trays of cash brown casserole. You said 17 people, right? Yep. 17 people. 18. So, 18. Sorry. Take that back. 18. Let's go through all the sides first and then yep. we can decide how many we need. So definitely macaroni and cheese. Definitely hash brown casserole. Third staple, candy yams. You said no better word there. Absolutely. With that marshmallows. With the marshmallows. That is... A uh, staple of my Thanksgiving from my childhood. My mom has been making it. And a lot of people, you know, they actually uh, whip up their yams, um, which is good. Uh, the sweet potatoes for it. And we don't do that. We actually cut it into uh, circles and um, lace that up. Uh, that is a family recipe uh, that we all love. So we're definitely we'll have the candy yams. And the final staple, obviously, is stuffing. You guys are obviously down with stuffing, right? Yes. You, I don't, uh, if you were near me, I would smack you for even asking <laughs> that kind of a dumb question. Are, do you like stuff? Uh, so 
Well, now, you know, your family you changes are, their dietary habits and stuff. So, yeah. So the one thing I will say that I've noticed with some people, some people like stuffing inside the bird. I, I've always, I, that's never been my preference. And I know that you typically will make, make the stuffing and it's not inside the bird. It's in a tray no. and you, you're scooping it out. Is there a reason why you don't like it inside the bird? I don't think anybody should ever stuff their bird with stuffing and cook it, cook their turkey with stuffing. Whether you're smoking it, you definitely don't want to do it when you're frying it or cooking it in the oven. <laughs> the reason why is because the stuffing actually throws off the cook time of your, of your turkey a bit. And obvi- and if you undercook it, um, or you don't think it's completely done. Now, obviously you can manage that with, you know, watching the temperature, but you're just asking to transfer bacteria from the turkey into the stuffing. And I, I just don't find that to be necessary. I don't find that the stuffing adds enough flavor to my turkey that I require or need it. You know, I'll, I've done times where the turkey's done, then I'll put stuffing in, you know, separately just to, for the aesthetic of the picture. But I, I don't, I don't find that uh, it's, it's, it's a good idea to, uh, stuff your turkey and then cook it like that. I, I don't find that to be necessary. If you season your bird properly, then you're good to go. You know what I mean? All right. So since you brought up seasoning of the bird, mm-hmm. um, now you Jamaican heritage. Yes. So yes. definitely going to be a jerk turkey at the table. Cause if it's not, then I'll have another Jamaican come over for Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, all right. So we know that there we're going to do, cause we talked about jerk seasons and we don't need to re-explain what jerk season. Is. I think it was, yeah. might've been the last episode or an episode prior. We talked about uh, jerk seasoning, but yep. Um, so a jerk turkey, what, what else do you do? Do you like to do like, like, um, like herb type, uh, or herbs for your, uh, turkey? What do you, where do you like to go with your turkey? Um, so beyond the, the jerk seasoning, the second turkey is up for debate, um, and usually rotated as far as I'm concerned. Um, I'm a big fan of the of a Cajun seasoned turkey, uh, mm. especially a Cajun fried turkey. I, okay. I don't think there's another way to do a fried turkey, honestly. Uh, you know, you get that Cajun seasoning in there um, and get it deep. But you made a uh, salt and pepper turkey and smoked it. And I thought that was outstanding. Just a, It was just salt, pepper, and that was it. And I really enjoyed that turkey. So we can go that route as well. And then okay. we can obviously go with a herb, you know, some type of, you know, uh, rosemary and all that stuff. But personally, the salt and pepper turkey I think w- was my favorite, uh, okay. uh, aside from obviously the jerk turkey. I mean, I've had people suck on the bones after doing the jerk turkey. So that's just, that just has to be made. But, uh, salt and pepper, I think is good. All right. Well, we will go with, uh, I do like the idea of the Cajun. And that was that one seasoning that I'm, I'm trying to remember it when I was at your house. It was white something, ghost, ghost something. I, it was really good. And I was mm. like, that uh, might be pretty good on a turkey. Okay, you remember what you remember what I'm talking about? We were we were yeah, it's we, the white garlic. Uh, I, it's upstairs. It it was a very good season. White so lightning, it's, yes, it's a white, white lightning. lightning. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. they're a spicy one. You can add. We can add that, right? We can add that with the salt and pepper. Yep. To, to give it like that little, I like a little kick in my food, so I like I like it to have a little bite. Um, yeah. I know it's not for everybody, but that's just what I prefer. Uh, so okay. I think I think using that with some salt and pepper, I think would be a solid second turkey. 
and we can pass on the Cajun turkey this year, um, even though I'm a huge fan of it. Either that or the Cajun. I mean, like I say, either one works for me. So um, I'll we can make an audible decision at the last minute. Um, but the only so, thing I'm trying to think of is uh, for those who might have a bit more of a delicate palate, um, it might need it to be not too spicy. We uh, we have another alternative. Yeah, so salt and pepper, I think, with uh, a, a hint of that uh, white lightning, I think would be pretty pretty solid. All right, cool. Because the Cajun is definitely going to be Scotch bonnet up, you know, right from the garden. I just picked uh, the last batch for the for the year. I grew my own Scotch bonnets, and uh, yeah, it's uh, looking good. So we have four sides. Now you know, as much as I love cooking, uh, I have a weakness. So. You make too much food? Is that the one we're talking about? I just want to make sure I know which weakness we're talking about here. No, I cannot cook rice to save my life. So, funny enough, a, a friend well, of mine in a pot, I should say. Uh, yeah, you, you use a rice cooker. I have a new rice cooker, which is phenomenal. <laughs> so, but do we want rice as a side? Is what I'm asking, essentially, or do um, we have some other sides in mind? Because we could, I mean, you you could definitely do like mashed potatoes as a side. That's Ooh, a great staple. Yeah. If, if you're going to do a gravy, because people like mashed potato and gravy. Some people like gravy. Some people don't. I know. Well, I think you make a fantastic mashed potato. So, so that's one option. We don't have to go too crazy on that because you have we have a number of sides that you can go with. Um, rice is totally. I'm totally fine with that. Um, we could definitely do like a uh, seasoned rice. But the funny, some a friend of mine. She's from uh, Hawaii. She sent me a link to. Um, uh, how to make rice. It was a comedian actually uh, going over it. And it was like, mm-hmm. you go, you make the rice and you, when you, it doesn't matter how much rice you put in the pot, does not matter. You fill the water to the top of this knuckle. So when your finger goes in and you, the top of your finger touches the top of the rice, fill the water. So it touches that knuckle. You're done. That's all the water you need for your rice. I was sitting there watching the video. I'm like, this makes no sense to me. I'm going to try. She's like, I've been making rice that way for my entire life. That's how my mother ate rice. That's how her mother ate rice. That's how you make rice. And of course I watched the, the, uh, the comedian explain how to make rice. So I was like, I'm going to try this. I, the next day I called her, I was like, I wish I would have known this earlier because absolutely flawless rice every time. Let it touch your knuckle. It, um, yeah. So that's, that's my, that's what so I'm my mom's with. method was she, she puts the rice in the pan then she sticks her whole hand into the rice and pushes it down. And for her, the water has to reach a certain point to the top of her hand. And then okay. that's her, that's her method. Now I've tried that stuff. I, unfortunately, unfortunately, my hands are pretty large. <laughs> so, uh, it doesn't seem to work out for me. Having a rice cooker solves all of that. Scoop, scoop, water, water. We're good to go. You know what I mean? But, I honestly, if we're going to do mashed potatoes and I love your mashed potatoes and gravy, so let's skip. We can skip rice. I think mashed potatoes is good enough. Okay. And then I think we definitely need some type of salad. Uh, spinach, you know, mix, some kind of mixed salad. I know your wife likes to do that. Yeah, we'll definitely be, we'll definitely have some vegetables. So I know my sister, she'll want to make uh, like collard greens or something like that for some veggies and things like that. So I'm I down for the some... South Carolinians collard greens. Yeah. So <laughs> we will, we'll definitely have a, a couple other alternatives on the table for veggies. I'll let other people handle the veggies. We'll handle the, the main, the main key item. So, so what else will we be doing for sides though? Or are we good on sides? I think we're good. I, I mean, so 
Okay. I so know we're going to have cheese. leftovers. Yeah. So mac and cheese, mashed potatoes, candy yams, stuffing, yep. and then uh, salad and collard greens. So that, yeah, that's that's a good six sides. Now, amounts. I'm thinking probably one tray of one tray of mashed potatoes. I think is fine. You? Yes. Probably yes, two trays of candy yams, though. Because yes. that's a leftover yes, you will I, actually I, I want, eat, right? I'll, I'll definitely want some leftovers at. Okay, so two trays of candy yams, one tray of mac and cheese. I think it's fine. The now, question, because the mac be and cheese honest, is, are, are you truly only make? are you make? is this your, well, I'm making one tray to bring, or is this, are you really only making one tray? Of what? Of anything you're talking about. Because I know you're, no, no. I know verbally I, I saw, you're saying one tray, but. I've been working really hard over the last two years to reel back the amounts of food that I make for Thanksgiving. Okay. Because at one point it was really, I mean, I would have four trays of hash brown casserole and I would, you know, we just can't, I don't have the appetite I used to have. My wife definitely doesn't have that. And so I, I, you know, it kills me if I have to throw something away because we just can't get to the leftovers. So I'd rather not. So I've really been working hard at keeping the limits down. Okay. Um. So if I say <clears throat> two trays of candy yams, that's what it's going to be. Two trays of candy yams. Um. The hash brown casserole is iffy. It's so dense that we don't always need two trays. But see that, that it can go up and down, right? Because people who haven't had it will eat it, and all of a sudden the whole tray is done. You know what I mean? Yeah. So let's go with let's let's go with one large tray of it, unless you want to do two small trays of it. Um. We can go one deeper tray. We'll go one. Yeah, yeah we'll go one deeper tray of uh, hash brown casserole. Uh, we'll do one deep tray of macaroni and cheese, and then uh, we'll do two candy yams, regular trays yep. or deep trays. It doesn't matter. It's and hopefully, I actually recently just picked up my uh, candy yams, uh, my sweet potatoes out of the garden. So I harvested Ooh. my sweet potatoes out of the garden. Uh, it was the Me first too. time ever I was able to get them done. Now, when you harvest them, which I didn't know, I just learned this, they actually have to sit for like two weeks okay. uh, in the dark and in, in, in the dark and just covered in, in relative, like I think 70 degrees humidity or something like that, because that's when they become sweet. They actually, the sugars start to kind of, you know, do their thing and so I got them sitting. So if everything goes well, I may be able to actually use at least one tray from sweet potatoes that I grew in the garden, and which would be so dope. But uh, we'll see. Um, uh, if not, I'm having no problem buying a, a case. Uh, so, and then your sister can determine how much collard greens she wants to make. You guys can determine how much salad you want to make, right? All right, that works for me, man. Uh, I can have my sister do the honey baked ham and my, my cousin, I'll have her, I'll have her bring <laughs> the last time we did Thanksgiving with her. We had her bring, I think she brought a salad. No, she was supposed to bring dinner rolls. That's it. Uh-huh. She brought dinner rolls. Yeah. So that's why I was about to say the honey baked ham is it's every bit as it, mess up. it is not to be played with. So we want to oh, make sure bone in or no, or no. I like the bone in because right. I like to take the bone and make a soup or a chili afterwards. Okay. So, um, but definitely bone in. I would say probably somewhere around the 13, 14 pound range. All right. We should uh, probably put that order in now. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. 
Uh, we and we can just do one here locally. Yep. The the line is if anybody hasn't doesn't have doesn't have a honey baked ham in the area, I feel bad for you because that is our spot for ham. I, I don't even like to, you know. I, there's definitely a substitutes that are okay, but honey baked's got it going on. Yeah, and pick it up a couple days ahead of time, like uh, let's say the Monday before during work hours, if you can get out. Um, that way, or even if you got to pick up the weekend before, like not Friday or Saturday, because that's if the people who are coming early, they're going to be there on Friday and Saturday to try to get it. But don't wait till the day before Thanksgiving to try to get you. It's just the like line is obnoxious. You want to pre-order your thing, know it's sitting there and try to go when they're yeah. not going to be busy, like and 1030 in the tip, morning. I think a lot of people don't realize that. You're really not supposed to reheat the honey baked ham. They actually so you're saying they don't you, read the instructions. Yeah, they actually put the instructions and say, "Do not heat it." What you're supposed to do is take it out like the day of and just let it sit at room temperature and let it come up to room temperature. What I like to do is just to give it a little bit more to get any you know any sting of cold off. Is I'll take like a sauce. And um, I'll heat it up and just pour it like in between the slices, the spiral slices. But other yep. than that, you know, you really should aim for room temperature with your honey baked because it's already been smoked. And then once you try to heat it up, you can actually dry out a bunch of the slices on it. Yeah. By the, by the time you get the center relatively warm. So to me, it's, I, you know, and I've ignored it and it's like, oh, no, nah, it's got to. And I find that I enjoy it way better when it's at room temperature versus uh. Uh, reheating but to each his own just how we do it uh we follow the instructions <laughs> and i will make sure we have some pies there i know that that's not your cup of tea but there will be a, absolutely a blueberry pie there and we may do an apple i like pies. my sister may do a cake i like pies just you know now that i've you know lost so much weight and been able to keep the weight off um a good amount i've you know days like i don't have problem on holidays taking a day and just you know eating whatever I want and then getting back to the grind afterwards. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah, no, the pies that you get, that you guys get are absolutely phenomenal. Emily must have a pumpkin pie. Uh, that's her thing. So make sure we get one of them. All right. And then, oh, appetizers. I'll let my wife handle appetizers. Okay. All right. Very good. And only because the, you get to a point where you have so much food where if people fill up, on, I, I prefer to say starve all day long and yeah. Enjoy the glory. But reality is you're going to need something minor that people can nibble on during the course of the day uh, while they're watching like the first couple games that uh, that kick up and play until the food actually comes out. So I'll we'll definitely figure out some appetizers, um, but I think it'll be it's going to be something that is not going to let people uh, fill up. I'm actually going to reach out to my boss. He's um he's big into cooking um, mm-hmm. and specifically like. Uh, there's this cookbook. Um, I think it's called the Modernist Cookbook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Modernist Bread. And I know that he is a huge bread maker. Uh, so much so that I listened to like they'll order flour. Like him and another guy that I work with, who's uh, Italian, they order flour together. It's like we ordered this particular flour because they have the Modernist Pizza, and it's only pizza making flour. We make pizza with this flour. This is our bread flour, and. When he described how much they ordered, he's like, um, yeah, we split it and I get like 55 kilos. And I was like, 55 kilos. Of course, I got to do the conversion. That's almost like, I think it's like 25 pounds of flour. Just, or just, more? Uh, no, no, it's just under. Just under 25? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's, a lot it's of flour. Two point, it's like 2.2. 2. 
Yeah. So we're talking these, but I know that I could probably reach out and say, Hey, I know you do the modernist stuff and you have like techniques down. He's always said, you got to go buy this book. The modernist, if you look at modernist bread or modernist pizza, I mean, they're $500 books. So they have a modernist bread French edition, um, which is 625. But if you just, if your modernist pizza, is $382. So they're super expensive, but it's, it's a multi-volume book. It's not like you're buying one. The Modernist Bread is a, it's a five-volume book on mastering making bread. So if you're mm-hmm. huge in the bread and you're like, I've always wanted to bake my own bread and I want to do sourdough, I want to do this, I want to do that, definitely a book, a book to consider. It is a tome, but you have to truly be into cooking. The Modernist Pizza, I'm very interested in. It's only three volumes, but it, you know, still $400. But yeah, it's uh, it's something to say there. So, and then they have modernist cuisine, which if you're yeah, just my, trying to get started, my wife and daughter really likes their bread for Thanksgiving. So whatever. So you do. yeah, I will uh, I'll reach out to him and see if he can give me some uh, some tips on some ideas for some good bread for uh, for it, and I'll try to because I know I listen to him. He's like, oh, I'm I'm making bread, and it's like he's making bread on Monday for the coming Sunday or the coming Saturday. He's like, it has to rise and. It's like they, he's like, we can go to our, he goes, I can go to any grocery store in our area because so many people make bread in his country and he can get yeast. He's like, not the packet garbage you guys get in the US, but actual yeast. (laughs) So I can Mm. levy any dough that I need to work with. And it's just, it's, it is one of those amazing things. And I know it's a a side, uh, sidebar, but I will definitely look into this and see what I can figure out for some options for bread. Um, one tip I wanted to give, and I know we're running, we're, we're definitely we're running a little our, bit long, but that's fine. So one tip I wanted to give, and it's just, it's more of a hand saver. I know you prefer to, you know, claim to be a man and you can take the heat of anything, but, um, no. <laughs> two, two things to consider. Um, one, get yourself nice heat resistant gloves to work with your smoker or even your turkey. Cause sometimes you have to pick up the turkey, move it. Cause you want to, either you're trying to baste it. You need to turn it around or you want to flip it over. Whatever you're doing with your turkey. If you're, if you're having to make adjustments, you need to pull it out so you can wrap wings, wrap drumsticks, whatever, whatever it is you're doing with it so that you can prepare for your next stage. And you need to physically pick it up because you can't use like tongs and stuff like that and pick it up. You got to get your hands involved. So what people tend to do is they tend to have gloves that they work with with their smoker, but they tend to work directly glove to smoker. Get actual gloves, like fingers into gloves, not mitts. And then over top of those, put like those, like the nitro type, um, nitrile, nitrile, um, type, uh, gloves that you can put over top of the, those gloves. So you have your gloves that are heat resistant. Then you put something over top of that, that with the, the gloves you, you really want to, that are protecting your hands are staying clean. So you can just keep doing that. You're not constantly having to wash your gloves as soon as you're done with, um, with your yeah. smoking. So just, yeah. uh, at the very it's least, very useful for me. Yeah, I keep two packs of the rubber then, uh, food safe. Make sure yeah. they're food safe grade when you yes. order those gloves. Make sure they're yeah. So let's let's wrap this up by uh, talking about the process of smoking turkey because I you know some folks might be thinking about trying it out this year. You know, we already kind of mentioned early on how we you know the first thing I do is I get my turkey. The size that I get usually about 15 pounds and I'm starting on Saturday and all I'm doing is I'm going out on Saturday. I'm buying my turkey, putting it in the refrigerator and I just want it to thaw out if it's really, uh, you know, a bit harder, um, than, than it should be. Um, and if I'm frying the turkey, it goes into the brine on Sunday. If I am smoking the turkey, which I am this year, 
it goes into Brian on Monday. And so at that point, uh, Monday rolls around and I'm making my Brian. And so there's two schools of thought of making it a Brian. And I find, I don't necessarily find that it's necessary, but it does kind of step the game up a little bit. And Rod started me on this. When I make, when I originally started making my Brian, I would take my cup of salt, cup of uh, sugar, brown sugar, that is, gallon of water, and I would mix it up and then I would put my turkey in it. Rod, on the other hand, was a, I'm going to boil my stuff to really infuse that flavor into the brine and then cool it off and then use it for put the turkey in it. Key thing is cool it off. Yes. Just definitely don't put your turkey in no hot brine and start boiling your turkey. You're not going to like the result. Everybody's going to get sick. Um, So if you have the time and the effort, go ahead and boil it. They both work. But definitely boiling it does infuse the flavor, especially if you're adding additional things in there, like some thyme or some fruits flavors or stuff like that. It definitely steps up the uh, flavor of your brine and your, and in, in which case your turkey. Um, yeah. The so. other, the other reason why I personally like, cause what you'll always see is people will put salt and sugar and then they stir it. And it looks like it's dissolved. And then if you look at the bottom of the bucket a couple seconds later, it's all sitting on the bottom. And then you drop it in and it's really just sitting on top yeah. of the stuff uh-huh. that never dissolves. So I, I find that – and I don't boil an entire gallon. You might only boil like you know, 16 ounces of water. might be boiled yeah. with this and it's it's it reduces it in there and then you pour it in with all – and that helps it cool quicker because you're putting a bunch of cold water and ice inside of it. So it, it comes down to temperature relatively fast. Yep. So that, so definitely either one of those methods. Now, a couple of things. A lot of people think that you have to brine your food for like 24 hours, and that is just not the case. It's 12 hours is all you really need. Take it when you, when you hit that time, take it out of the brine, let it start to drain. So what I do is I'll, I'll brine it at night, usually at night. And then the next day, you know, after the 12 hours are up, I take it out of the bucket, take the turkey out of the bucket. I dump the rest of the brine. I rinse out the bucket. I take a couple paper towels, drop it in the bottom of the bucket, and then I just drop the turkey right back into it, and it goes right back in the refrigerator. That's it. So that's that's Tuesday. And then I just let it drain like that overnight, especially if it's going in a fryer. Then Wednesday is the seasoning time. And for me, uh, this is when I get to injecting. I love to inject my turkeys. Turkey is doesn't have a lot of fat. And when you don't have a lot of fat, you don't have a lot of flavor. So what injector do you use? So I have to go get it. But I believe the name brand, it might, I haven't used it on turkey yet, but I've been using it for the last couple months on, uh, on brisket and uh, pulled pork. And this thing is phenomenal. I believe it's called Spitfire, but I got to double check. No matter what, I think it's, and, it's spit, spit jack, spit jack. I think you're right. Yeah, and this thing is like a caliper. It looks like a caulk gun uh, with different needle types for different injection methods. Um, and this thing is awesome. You squeeze it; it's so levered that it's just forcing the juices out. And the the needles on it are so big. It's one of the biggest problems you have with your injectors, especially. Don't get a cheap injector because it's hard. It they just fall apart or if you have like any type of seasoning 
in your injector, it just can't get through the, the needle. So it's better if you get uh, a nice injector. This You don't have to get one this nice. This thing was like $130. Just get you a decent one. But we will post a link to this. Yeah, it's a it, it's a fantastic injector. It's it, it typically if you watch any barbecue show, um, you watch me like, what is that injector where they're like they just have a line? It's like ta, 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 and they go, or they have it all in here and they're just boom 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 boom. Like you just see them quick pumps and it, they're going. You're like, I hate my injector because I have like a syringe and I'm pushing and yeah. fighting with it all the time, and they're just like bang 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 go, and they're they're quickly injecting meat, and that's what that's what you have. And yeah, it, this one allows you to do that. Nice. It's like a happy medium. And the other thing is when you're injecting your turkey. You don't have to put a thousand holes in the turkey. What I do, the technique I use is I put the needle into the turkey. I squeeze a little bit of the fluid out. I pull back on the injector a little bit. I rotate it, push it back in and inject it again. So what essentially what I'm doing is I'm using the hole that I created multiple times to spread the injection around the turkey. So you don't have to just jam the turkey you know, to death. Use the reuse the hole, stick it in, inject one way, pull out a little bit, rotate it, maybe like 25 degrees, inject it again, rotate it again, you know, go back to the other side, you know what I mean? And just inject around in that same area. I, I think you'll find a much better result if you do it that way. Um, and because uh, obviously, you know, you, you if you the more holes you put in it, you're the less amount of injection fluid you're going to keep in the turkey. So, and I usually do eight holes on the left side of the breast, eight holes on the right side of the breast. And then I tend to, um, you know, front to back that is. And then I kind of just make sure that the legs and the thighs got a good amount in, in there as well. And, it, you know, you're going to lose some, but it's, it's, uh, it's fine. Now, if for folks that don't want to, uh, and what do I inject it with? One of my easiest tips or easiest things that I do is just inject it with chicken broth. Can't lose. Can't lose. Get you a nice chicken broth, put it in a cup, pull it in the injector, inject your turkey with chicken broth. You're good to go. Of course, you can make your own injection fluid, you know, get some water, some fluid, you know, mix up a bunch of stuff. You can definitely do that. Chicken broth makes it a lot easier. It's already got a deep flavor. It's got a nice poultry flavor to it. It has some salt to it. You can get one that's low sodium so it doesn't over interact with the brine that you put in there. Um, which is what I would suggest you do anyway. And man, I'm telling you, 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 you add a lot of flavor to, to your turkey if you do that. Next up, once I inject it, then I'll go ahead and season it. So you heard me say we'll use a jerk seasoning and a salt and pepper seasoning this year. And I just spread it on there. Use a 50-50 mix. Try to get the pepper. seasoning underneath the skin as well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely get some seasoning. You know, anywhere you can lift up the skin, get it on there. Um, You know, rub it in between like pull the wing out put it in between the wing lay the wing back down uh same thing on the legs you know just get it nice on the inside i put quite a bit on the inside so that it permeates the meat from the inside and everything is just nice and full covered you know again turkey doesn't have a lot of flavor on its own so you definitely want to season it well i i don't think you can over salt it but i don't think you can over season it you know what I mean? So don't be afraid to put quite a bit of seasoning. And we'll probably put some pictures out there when we get to our season so you can get an idea of you know, what we're talking about um, when it comes to seasoning that turkey. And then once it's seasoned, 
I just put a little uh, saran wrap over top of it. Back in the refrigerator, it goes. Um, now, I will say anybody who is getting prepped, without a doubt, um, this week and next week are the weeks to start checking YouTube, looking at guys like Malcolm Reed and everybody who is putting out their annual videos for making turkeys. Because uh, they got some good tips out there. Yeah, tons um, of good ones. Yeah. Um, so the next step for me is when that turkey comes out. Now, when you brine your turkey. So first off, you usually calculate, what is it, three and a half minutes per pound? Yeah, something like that. Uh, so that's the kind of calculation per hour, three and a half minutes per pound. And then uh, you kind of get an hour of how long, uh, a rough estimate of how long the, the turkey is going to take to cook. What I find is even though I do that estimate, it always cooks faster when I brine it. And I b- believe that's just because of the salt water that's in the meat. You know, wait, did you say, wait, did you say three and a half minutes per pound? Uh, oh, no, maybe that's when you fry it. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's frying. I was like, yeah, wait that's a frying. second. Uh, I don't yeah, remember what the ratio is, but you can I think it's like just 20, 20 minutes a pound or something yeah. like that cook time. You can easily like look it up on the internet and uh, get, get, so, and that's just, listen, folks, these ratios and stuff like that are just an idea to help you plan it. Keep a food thermometer. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Have a food thermometer. Take, check your temps. You get know what I mean? Meter, get, get the meter. Get the meter. You know, put one don't in the breast, one in the don't thigh. Don't wait to get it either. Because yeah, everybody's going to be getting that thing. So don't wait. Get you a meter. Um, definitely works well. To keep an eye on your temperature of your turkey at all time. So so now it goes in the smoker. It's done. You know, you know smoke it. I don't spray it. Um, probably about halfway through, I will wrap my turkey. Because I want it to be aesthetically pleasing. I want people to look at it and it'd be appetizing. And the longer you let it sit, the darker it gets. Not as appetizing. For me, I don't care. But for a lot of people, it's not as appetizing visually. Uh, so I will wrap. And when I wrap it, I'll add some butter inside of there, inside of the pan, uh, just to allow some additional fat to kind of help render that turkey down. Yeah. And, and some then, people like to sprinkle like with butter. If you're not going to don't wipe it like you, you put seasoning on for a reason. You want the seasoning there. So if you're going to do something on top of the turkey, you can take your your um your brush, dip it in melted butter and seasonings and then just kind of sprinkle it across, like just shake it across it. If you if you want to add a little bit more to yours when you're doing it. Yep. And then I um, find and I don't spray the turkey. I don't like to spray poultry because it tends to mess up the skin. Um, it, it'll keep the skin rubbery instead of crisping up. And then when it's done, you can uh, take the step at the end to crisp the skin, which is to t- crank up the temperature on the smoker um, as high as you can get it safely. Um, and then that tends to put a lot of heat on that skin just to kind of tighten it up a little bit at the end. And then away you now go. Do you, you pull, do you pull it, heat it up, then put it back on and let it crisp up in there? Or do you let it sit in there while it's heating up to the high temperature? Uh, I've done both. I don't really find I have a preference one way or the other. And sometimes I don't even do it at all. I'm just saying for folks that may want to do that, you can do that. I think in our particular case, if we do that, we'd probably do that at your house. Um, I will smoke it and then let it rest. You know, no need to cut directly into that turkey when it's done. Let it rest. Um, and then get everything else. You know, I like to let it rest at least an hour before we cut into it. Um, so, the way I'll be planning it is that when it's done, the rest of an hour, because what, you know, we haven't decided what time we want to eat yet, but uh, whatever time we want to eat, I'll work backwards from that time. Cool. Uh, time frame. So I think those are some basic tips 
to smoking a turkey, you can take those same tips and apply it to frying the turkey, except with the exception of the fact that, you know, the turkey's going to literally be done in like 45 minutes. Um, but you want it to drain. So instead of resting, you just let it drain um, all the oil off. And so what I do, if we do multiple turkeys, is we plan it backwards. Um, fry the first one, take it out, let it start to drain, and then uh, fry the second one. And then by the time the second one's done, usually everybody, you know, everything is ready on the table. We can just take it out, let that one drain while the first one is getting ready to get cut up. Um, quick tip on that, too, is uh, limit the amount of sugar on the outside of a turkey if you're frying it. Because it does burn in the fryer and it doesn't look as good. May taste good. It just doesn't. It's it not taste good. It just good. doesn't look as good. So yeah, man. So I think that's our Thanksgiving 2021 setup. I think we're good. All right. So any last picks before we grow? I know I did the gloves. Um, yeah. So yes, yeah, if you're looking for a solid, solid uh, injector, check out the Spit Jack. That thing is awesome. By far the best injector I've ever got. All right. So, hope folks, um, yeah, please continue to support the show. Continue to tweet it out. We love you guys. We love the conversations. Um, and uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Till then, we out. All right, peace. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.